Well, Lawrence, SAG's on strike. And did you see yeah. Fran Drescher's oh. speech? Leave it to a world-class actor yes. to give a world-class speech. Theater, theater. <laughs> yeah. It was a good speech. She's been under the gun recently for a couple missteps. So I think she really brought her moment home in that moment. It was a nailed fiery it. speech, and, and she nailed it. So congrats to her. I'm sure everyone's kind of back on board with that kind of fire at the very front of the, the line, right? Yeah, and if any of you out there saw the press conference, if you haven't seen it, it is what it's yes. worth watching because there's a lot of little tidbits in there that will, you know, that is good information for you to have. And it um, explains literally the tip of the iceberg of why they're going on strike. So we're just breaking into the top of this episode because the, the episode was, of course, recorded before the strike. We mm-hmm. wanted to let you all know, of course, we're paying attention. We're listening. We just want to cover a couple quick topics. We're going to go back to this episode because we still think these AI episodes are really important. So we got to dive into this and learn about it and see how it's impacting us and could impact us in the future. So, exactly. Sister. What you got about well, the strike? Well, uh, first things first, I want to let everyone out there know in the commercial world that they are striking on the movie and TV contracts, not the commercial contract. So commercial actors can still work. Union jobs can still happen in the commercial world. That's number one. Deep breath. However, it also means that there's a ton of other people, like really well-qualified industry professionals that are out of work right now. So the market's about to get flooded with people who are going to be available. So there's that. And we should also note that this is going to affect way more than just crew members and production teams. The, there is an industry around keeping our industry running. And I, I know you've probably heard it. It's catering. It's the motorhome rentals. It's car rentals. It's the hotels. It's restaurants. I know for sure that L.A. County permitting has already reduced their hours. Because there's nothing to permit. there's nothing, yeah. So it will, this will affect you in um, ancillary ways. It may not affect you directly because you can still work, but it absolutely will still affect you. So many sectors of the business are going to, I know a couple wardrobe houses are struggling. Oh yeah, Um, like think think about Comic-Con, which is happening this weekend as well. Uh Like none of the panels can happen. So anybody who's bought tickets (sighs) to go to Comic-Con, I mean, obviously the anime and, you know, all of that stuff will be... And the comics yeah. will still be going on. But any movies or studios that are there pushing movies like Barbie or Oppenheimer, those yeah. actors are not going to be there anymore, which I'm sure is disappointing to a few fans who have purchased tickets. I, I came across a list of canceled panels and canceled meet and greets at Comic-Con. If I can find it, I'll post it in the socials. Yes. Our yeah. socials. We should post the press conference, too. Yes, definitely. The one thing I want to talk about before we get to the episode is the Paramount decrees. This was something that happened in the 30s, 1938. And it's important to know the history, obviously. Mm -hmm. We've learned that. These Paramount decrees was what happened when the DOJ stepped in to investigate the Hollywood system because Mm -hmm. they were owning the entire pipeline from development to production to distribution. They own the theaters. Yeah, I think that... Monopoly, right? Yeah, yeah. So something like uh, something like a monopoly. Something like, yeah. You know, <laughs> fake it was money. Violating antitrust acts. Mm, so exactly. down came the Paramount decree that, that that kind of broke all that up and leveled the playing field a little bit. It ended the studio system essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So flash forward to I think it was August 2020. 
remember what was going on there? We were, we're all a little distracted with, you know, a, a, a oh, deadly yeah. pandemic, a social uprising, so many things. And because at that point now the film studios became tech companies or tech companies became film studios. I don't know how that works. <laughs> and they were owning their own pipeline, right? Exactly. So mm-hmm. they were developing and producing their own content, their own shows, mm-hmm. and they had the distribution channel. So yeah. the DOJ asked the New York District Court in 2020 to sunset the law, the the, the paramount decrees. It basically ended what ended previously. It, 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 so they were not beholden to the same restrictions as all the major studios that the, the streamers right. weren't. So yeah. that allowed them to do exactly what they're doing, owning the mm-hmm. entire pipeline. And uh, that's why, you know, Netflix can say, no, we have our own contract. We don't pay on that contract. Exactly. Like they, they start 2017, I think, is when the specialty union contract was signed individually with each streaming service. So each streaming service could make their own deals with crew and they were all considered, I mean, sometimes crew would make 300 for eight, like barely more than, um, yeah, totally. Because I I only know this because (laughs) when I worked at a certain streaming company recently, um, (laughs) they were like, oh, no, 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 we have a special contract and you can, you can negotiate union rates. I was like, that's not true. And then yes, it's true. So yeah, yeah, it all came to a head. It sounds like in the last two years and here we are on strike. Here we are. So don't cross the picket lines. If you are a hopeful SAG WGA Mm -hmm. member one day, you know, if you're looking to get into the industry, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you should also be out there supporting as well. There, there are also uh, some, some people have made it made these uh, infographics that say what is work you can do right now if you are right. a union and what is not work you can do right now. So if I, I'll, I'll get a hold of some of those and we'll share those in the socials as well. That sounds great. Yeah. Like theater hasn't been affected yeah. and soap operas. Believe it or not, it's completely different contracts, so you can work on a soap opera still. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. There's still daytime soaps. Maybe it's my new career. No, I don't have um, I don't have uh, network television, so I don't know that I just it slipped my it slipped my radar. I know they were still out there. (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) you can still work on those. All right. We might bust in a few more episodes, give you updates about this strike. But in the meantime, we're going to carry on our conversation about A.I. Stay tuned. The machines have found their voice. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No joke. No joke. Well, generative AI is a, a, a hot topic when we talk about images and illustrations and writing. Mm-hmm. And people are really starting to realize how it could affect our industry. It's the voiceover community who has been discussing this for quite some time because it's already been affecting them. Yeah. In this episode, we uncover the secrets behind the creation of synthetic voices, peer into the future of voice acting, and delve into the the ethical dilemmas that arise when humans are replaced by robots. We're going to delve. Robots. <laughs> We're and delving. There's no one better to talk about this than Bev Standing. Bev is an exceptional voice actor and coach who has been at the forefront of this topic because if you don't know Bev, you're in for a treat. She sued TikTok. Jeez. Yes. TikTok. Before using her voice without proper rights or permissions. 
And now she's using her voice, see what I did there, <laughs> mm-hmm. to advocate for voiceover artists all over the world to learn about AI, understand how to protect yourself against improper uses of your voice, and how we all need to adapt to the changes that are coming. Because believe me, folks, the changes oh, yeah. are going to come super fast. They're coming. And it's a lesson for every creative individual out there, not just voiceover mm-hmm. artists. We all need to be paying attention. And you're going to want to stick around to the end because we reveal what happened with Bev's legendary TikTok lawsuit and the subsequent creation of her own synthetic voice. And it's a, it's a story that reminds us all of the importance of safeguarding our creative contributions um, from all the artists in our industry. Yeah, um, huge takeaway, spoiler alert, read your contracts. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. So buckle up, grab a big juicy cocktail for this one. You don't want to miss what's in store on this episode of Producers Happy Hour. Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We are two producers with over 20 years of experience each, chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. Join us for insightful interviews and informative show topics that will help you get through your toughest jobs, biggest production challenges, and most difficult clients. So grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making shit is hard. Hey, Lawrence, do I have a story for you? Oh, boy. I got totally boned by a script. Oh, no. This has happened to me before. What happened? Well, I missed something. I was reading it, breaking it down, and I completely missed something important. It was just, you know, little blurb, I thought. But in the end, it totally fucked me. Oh, was it a chariot race? (laughs) What? Do you not know this term? (laughs) Yes. No. Cherry Race. It's from Ben-Hur. They were filming Ben-Hur and and the huge climax of the movie was just one line in the script. Whoever broke it down just gave it a one-eighth page marker and it was, <laughs> then there's a chariot race. That shit looked like it took three weeks yes, to it, film. Yes, and it did. Yes. <laughs> it was only scheduled for a couple hours in an afternoon because nobody really understood what was meant by a chariot race. Yeah, so um, that was improper breaking down improper. of said script, it says. <laughs> exactly, which is why we developed a course called The Art of Script Breakdowns. Yeah, the people have spoken. You guys wanted it, so we did it. Exactly. We did a thing. We did a thing. And not only is it just script breakdowns, yeah, okay, sounds simple, whatever. No, but this is from a producer's perspective. Because, you know, a lot of times you can get a little lazy and just give the script, read it over, and you think, okay, I got it. Give it out to your department heads and let them kind of deal with it. But if you're not breaking down the script before you give it to your department heads, you might miss the freaking chariot race. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely said, hey, production designer, could you take a look at this and let me know what you think without reading it first or looking at it from art department's perspective, right? So really, when you break down a script, You need to be looking at it from each department. So we walk you through exactly how to do that. Right. And we teach you what to look out for from things like time of day. What if you had a minor in every single shot of the script? How are you going to do that? (laughs) And and they're supposed to be six years old. What are you going to do? Like, Yeah. And only one day of filming. Guess what? (laughs) Guess what? You're in a little bit of trouble. So we put together a comprehensive course that focuses on efficiency, accuracy, clarity. It's a very nuanced approach that will ensure you that you can find and discover all the pitfalls that may occur during your pre-production. We also show you step by step how to take this knowledge and 
explain it to your director, your producer, mm-hmm. your agency, everybody, so that we're all on the same page. Yeah, you can't just be, you know, freaking out because, oh, there's not enough time, there's not enough money. You need to do the work, break it down, show people why things aren't adding up so you can all be on the same page and solve those problems together before they become costly mistakes. Please sign up now, learn a few things, laugh a little, have a cocktail. Yeah, make yourself a drink and we'll dive into it and show you all of our tips and tricks. Just go to our website, producershappyhour.com, or click the link in the show notes to sign up. Yes, do so now because it's on sale for a very good price until May 5th. Hey, Lawrence, it's been a minute. How are you? It has. I'm good. What's going on in your world? Oh, nothing. It's midsummer. It's nice out. Work Mm -hmm. has somewhat come back. So doing good. How are you? Good, good. Um, Always on some kind of job now with an NDA, so can't really talk about it. But (laughs) what I thought I was going to be doing this summer didn't actually come into fruition. It's a little bit of a repeat from last year for me. But um, doing more experiential, branded experiential events, which... I'm really enjoying, and I think that's where my future yeah. is heading. Well, now that it's post-COVID, too, like uh, people are getting mm-hmm. out there more. They're able to be in areas where you can touch yes. a stranger. It's fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I like it because, you know, we've been talking about AI. It's, uh, oh. you know, it seems safe right now from this AI revolution. Oh, experiential for sure. Experiential, because, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, you have to have that real lived human experience versus just, you know, yes. that computer thinking for you, right? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still available for all your commercial shoots, but. <laughs> 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 so obviously, Christian, the AI co- invasion continues. This is our series of episodes that's focused on generative AI and the impact it will have and is already having on the production industry. And today's focus is voiceover. Yes. And we have a very busy voice actor here with us today. And I know all of you have heard her voice, but we're going to get into that later. Bev Standing, um, welcome to the show. Are you enjoying happy hour with us? I am. I'm. It's a little early for me, but that's never stopped me before. <laughs> okay. So, you know, join in the what fun. What are you having? <laughs> I'm still having water. I, I still have quite a bit of work okay. to do before my day's <laughs> over. But I'm pretending it's like straight vodka. Vodka and ice. There you go. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Well, since it's morning, I um, am joining you, but um, I've decided on a Red Bull and vodka. (laughs) Um, You know, it's morning, so hey, I figure why not get a little jolt of caffeine too. It is a special um, edition, summer edition, Juneberry Red Bull, so very exciting. Hey, you need to get your wings on at some point. Why not? Why not in the morning? I mean, wings for days. How are you? Doing? What are you drinking? Lauren? I found a cocktail. You know, I always want to match it with a topic. So I'm calling this the voice sparkler. That's not what it is. Ooh. But it's one ounce of fresh squeezed grapefruit juice, a half an ounce of ginger liqueur. So that's what it's, you know, it's good for your, it's good for your throat, right? Ginger. And three to four ounces of Prosecco or other sparkling wine. And uh, cheers, Christian. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Bev. Lovely. But first, we cover a lot of topics in these episodes, and there's never enough time to dive deep, so we created our episode guide. Yeah, it contains all the links and references we discuss in these episodes, plus some important industry news and things about, you know, current events, which are so important for us all to stay on top of now because stuff moves really quickly in this industry. You can sign up at our website, producershappyhour.com, or click in the link in our show notes. 
All right. Bev Standing is an accomplished voiceover artist and coach. Her career over the last 10 years has, has found success in the commercial world, as well as corporate videos, e-learning and training videos, explainer videos, as well as on-hold messaging. Uh, she works a lot. And most recently, Bev is known for her fight against the use of her voice without permission in a text-to-speech app, TikTok which, by the way, she won. Bev contributes significantly to the voiceover industry in many ways and will continue to do so by staying up to date in the ever-changing AI world and educating talent on how to protect themselves, which I love because we are also very firmly behind trying protecting crew and protecting production workers and everything against mistreatment. So I was very excited when you um, agreed to join us, Bev. Yes, welcome to the show. Bev Standing, yeah. everybody. Yay! Yeah. Thank you. That's a standing ovation. That's a standing ovation for Bev standing. (laughs) So, Bev, why don't you kind of just start us off by telling us how you got involved in the crazy, strange niche world of voiceover? To sum it up very quickly, I was at a very tough time in my life and I needed to just find, you know, everyone goes through stuff and I just didn't want to be at home. So I looked up courses online and I don't draw and I don't dig gardens and I don't build things and but there was a voiceover workshop for the weekend and I just hit okay whatever get me out of the house it wasn't so much like oh look I'm going to be a voice actor I think I'll do this for the rest of my life it was while I was out of the house it gave time for my heart to heal it was it was a a very sad time for me and uh, I wasn't able to think about all the stuff going on in my life I had to be a cat (laughs) Or I had to be, you know, a mom of a cat or whatever. (laughs) There were only about five of us in the course, and we all decided to continue with Second City in Toronto. So I took five levels of improv, and I met somebody who said, oh, here's a great acting teacher. So I took acting for a year and a bit. And then I started teaching his key talk kids, too. So he asked me to come over and teach improv while he was getting the kids one-on-one sessions for on-camera stuff. And it was just like everything just kind of led to... To, to meeting new people and more people. And I've met some incredible people in the industry that have luckily guided me on the right path. And I've learned and listened and asked questions and ultimately um, believe in this business, believe in the people, and um, have found my niche in the world that uh, when I should be retired, I have no intention <laughs> of, of leaving this industry. Um, you know, I'm going to be around for a bit, so I want to keep working. But I love it. It's not work. No, well, <laughs> what I heard you say was it's not only you. I think that some people have a misconception of what voiceover work is. You walk into a booth, you say a few lines, and then you walk out. Especially um, some of the directors I work with who may not have specifically directed voice actors before. There's a difference. That said, I think voice actors is a huge... You have to think of voiceover artists as actors. So not only did you take a course about it, you also went on to hone acting skills to go with it which I think is important. Um, I know how the TikTok story is important to discuss, but I want to set the stage here for all the producers out there. Can you explain what a career voiceover artist looks like? That will help people understand how significant the impact of AI is going to be on voiceover. Absolutely. Um, First of all, first and foremost, I have never been a voiceover. 
I have been a voice talent or I have been a voice actor from day one. Reason I say that is the words are not mine. They are somebody else's. So even though my voice comes out, there is emotion, whether it's commercial, e-learning, on-hold messaging. You have to be the person greeting them in the medical field. You have to be a person talking about something you have no idea about. But you have to find that person inside you. You have to find that voice, that memory, that connection. The computer repeats the words, and you can go up and down and louder, and so. but it, there's no connection. And I think acting... Even more so, as I said, I'm a coach, but I am now focusing more and more on acting, but the emotion, because I don't believe computers, at least at this point, can add emotion to the level we need to, because the emotion in a spot changes from start to finish. It's not like, okay, let's make this happy. (laughs) There's so much more to it. So, yeah, acting is big. Yeah, it's just like any sort of acting or performance. It's a layered kind of approach. And that's when you make that real connection, when it's rich and robust and layered. And AI is definitely getting there. But I think we've got a minute before you can actually have those really human moments and touches in the the, the communication that you're trying to get across. I agree. And, you know, you said something at the beginning is that I, I that I still want to educate voice actors, but I have said this from day one, too. Voice actors need to educate people on all sides of the glass, not just the engineers, the producers, the buyers, the clients, the people that want their message read. The minute I listen to anything online, as soon as I recognize it's an AI voice, I no longer get the message. I just hear the words and I mm-hmm. keep listening. Uh, see, there, there's mm-hmm. an AI. That's its yeah, computer. Yeah, yeah. Did, what did it just say? No idea. So if you're doing e-learning and things, you're not connected. If you're not connected, what are you learning? Nothing. We've talked about this before. I do voiceover as well. So I know all these things we're talking about, e-learning and explainers. But in terms of a career voiceover artist like yourself, we most everyone on this show and listening to the show works in commercials. But you are doing voiceover services for all types of media and content. So what is what is like your day look like? What does your month look like? You know, where does your income come from? Are you just doing a couple commercials a week or, or, or are you busy every day or how does it work? Well, other than the month of May and up till now, (laughs) I've been traveling quite a bit. But generally, my day is I get up anywhere from 6 to 7 in the morning. I get myself a tea or coffee, depending on what I'm in the mood for. I come downstairs. I play a game of solitaire just to get my brain working. And then I start looking at my emails. And I'll get on social media. And I'll just, my emails is just like, what do I need to do? Have any Mm -hmm. clients got back to me? Have I been awarded any jobs? What lets, that's priority. And after that, I can go, okay, let's just have a look at social media, seeing who's posting, go to LinkedIn, see if, you know, there's any conversations going on there. And then by, I'll say at the very latest, I'm behind the mic, whether it be a job or auditions. And I get auditions from a number of people, Mm -hmm. but I also have so many repeat clients that I never know from one day to the next. It's like, hey, Bev, I know we haven't, you know, talked in in a year, but we've got another one. But when you get a lot of those. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. Right. And that's kind of what I want people to understand is that's the bread and butter of of a career voiceover artist is you build client relations. You've got these production houses you work with. You have these e-learning programs that you become the voice for, and then you're kind of locked into some repetitive or cyclical work. Uh, So 
okay, now that we've painted the picture and we understand what that, you know, kind of, and, and you audition a lot. Your day is, there's a lot of auditioning involved as well yep. for new That's the clients. Job. New work. <laughs> That's the job. Just like an on-camera talent, right? Do you have an agent? Yep. I mean, or do you get work? For I have several. Oh, perfect. Well, I'm, I'm assuming agents, just like they do for regular actors, well, or DPs or directors or whomever, some are for movies, some are for animation, some are for, you know, commercials. Then you have your book, you know, like the e-learning and all of that, right? Yeah, mostly commercials for, for my agents. There is some of, the, some of the other stuff. Sometimes it's just corporate videos and things, but mostly commercial work. Or, you know, TV narration or something higher up. But, um, yeah, mostly mm. commercial work through agents. Now, knowing where, where, you know, all this work comes from for you, in what ways do you see AI already kind of disrupting the industry? We'll get to TikTok later, but w- what are you seeing happening out there? There was a huge disruption in COVID where people lost their jobs, couldn't go to a building, they didn't pay their rent. And they're realizing, hey, I can work out of my basement. I can reduce my budget and market myself, but I'll reduce my income by paying less for the voice talent. (laughs) I think there's going to be a huge disruption in the, and I hate to use this word of lower end talent, but perhaps newer talent that haven't honed their craft enough or don't understand uh, quite how in-depth voice acting is. You know, I want to have a fiver you know, that kind of thing where the, the name depicts. I know lots of people that are very successful on that site, but they've built up from the bottom and they've worked the site and they've made it successful for them. But a majority of them are 10 bucks. Do you know how many mm. jobs I'd have to do in a day to earn the income I'm earning on Fiverr? <laughs> I would not sleep and I still couldn't do it. If you can turn around and have consistency not have to communicate, not have a third-party site to go through, and still play low-end dollar. Why not be AI? If you don't really care, if it's good enough, and that's how you want your end product to be, just good enough, then go and hire an AI voice. There's other avenues where people are saying, well, e-learning and stuff. I'll go back to being engaging. If you're not engaging, learning is not a thing. But if I do... Let's just say I did a big e-learning job, and this is a, a finance company. So every year they want to update just some of their stats. They don't need to change the whole thing. But they just want my voice to fill in the changes. And it's probably no less than an hour of work. And then they tell me what lines they need, and I pop it in. Now, what if they could use my AI voice for that? Here's the problem. I tried that. I was away, and they wanted to add four words to a sentence. And here's my high-quality audio and this little low-quality thing is stuck in the middle of a sentence. And I went, well, that's not going to work. So I asked them if they Uh could wait till I returned home, and they said yes. But So there's going to be inconsistencies. So again, it may not be the entire AI voice, but it's like, hey, I'm on this great podcast in June 2023, (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, right. or I'm on this great podcast on June 2022, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just it's you're going to hear it and you're going to go away. That minute. reminds me of like, you know, when you watch CNN in the middle of the night, there's a lawyer commercial that comes on and everything's fine. And then you hear a dub of like two words come in and out. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, what yeah, yeah. The hell happened here? Yeah, mm-hmm. it takes you out of the moment for sure. 
Absolutely. It takes you totally out of the moment. That's a great way to say it. And, you know, they're doing it now with with, um, on camera. They've got these um, avatars and they all do the same thing with their hands. You can you can pick them out of a crowd. If they're standing there doing this, they Uh look pretty good and they sound not bad. But if they're doing this, they're not real. And they're just, you know, it's this hand moment that they're doing. And it's like, oh, you're not even real, but you sound real. And that's scary. So I think clients and and producers have to think for a second. Liability. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, who who are they reporting to? Who do they have to protect? And I was going to say, like you said at the beginning, Lawrence, so, you know, I've, I've got an NDA. I can't talk about all this stuff. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things we sign in our contracts oh, yeah. that say to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. the client, right? It's so. so important to read your contracts too, for sure. <laughs> like that, that I, I mean, oh, I know because I've I've certainly been on set and been asked to give a contract from a client to a to a talent. It said some things. I'm like, mm, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> yeah, right? and I think um, agents oh, yeah. offer a layer of that, but I think people should understand. You know, please read your contracts. And I've I've actually been very impressed over the last year in that I've received contracts and I've gone through and went, this is not applicable for voice acting. Just cross out this paragraph and sign it. Right. And you go, oh, yeah, no, that's our standard. But it just take the time to read it. Um, we're also putting in now NAVA is a relatively new organization and they're fighting the AI fight for voice talent. National Association of Voice Actors. And they have made available to the public AI... Uh, riders that you can attach to your contract and send to clients for everything. Simply uh-huh. saying, you can have this audio, but you can't turn it into an AI voice. I'd love to get that wording. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, it just nava.com or nava.org, I think is the website. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll put that in the episode guide, yes. everyone, so you can, yeah. you can find that. It was interesting where you were saying, you know, talking about good enough, right? And I think that's something that a lot of our listeners are facing when it comes to quality of work, rates of pay, and everything in the in the non-union world that if you're out there, you know, trying to get a voiceover for 10 bucks, what are you really <laughs> doing? What are you what are you making? You know, it, 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 and I get it. You've got, you know, there's a there's a pool of work out there that you want to grab and you want a piece of that market share and you're going to bend over backwards and do whatever it takes to get there. But then at the end of the day, that's what you're going to be known for. You know, even if I'm talking a production house, you know, it's like, oh, let's go to, you know, Earl, because we know Earl will do it for 500 bucks. Uh, but then, you know, what exactly is is your business? Uh, and and thinking about level of quality and level of connection, especially when you're telling stories and brand stories, you need to put a little more attention and care to it. I don't know. I, I mean, yes, 100%, because, I mean, what are you gonna spend three hundred thousand dollars on a a spot and then slap a ten dollar AI on it? It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't, right? <laughs> it's like, like it's like buying a really nice car but getting you know rolling de- roll down windows. <laughs> well, and the other thing they do in voice acting too, Lawrence, you're you're aware of this is that people are are more and more trying to say in perpetuity. It's like when they first came out and they said it's just on the web. <laughs> It's just on the web. Oh, yes. <laughs> we, used to, we used to get that. It would be like, but it still costs the same amount of money to rent a camera, to have crew members on and all of it. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. it doesn't matter where it shows. 
Exactly. Yeah. And once it's there, it's there. You can't remove it. Right. So a, a good example I always use is Coke and Pepsi. So if, if I did a Coke spot and it was in perpetuity, I could never work for Pepsi. That's a good point. And people go, right. yeah, but what are the odds? I said, I only need one chance. Yeah, exactly. The odds are there. <laughs> <laughs> I did a local thing that's on the web. <laughs> And now I can't do a national spot, you know, for one or the other. And yeah, so now now you go into AI and they go, okay, well, let's let's do automotive. So somebody gets my AI voice or I clone my voice and make it accessible to people, but I have no control over where it's used. Mm -hmm. You know, go right. back to Coke and Pepsi, Mercedes, Jag, Kia, whatever. I have to know where my voice is. Go to political. I have to know where my voice is airing oh, yeah. so I don't compete with myself because that makes the client look bad. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. You, can't, you can't do an ad for Toyota and Honda in the same city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a character. Maybe right, you're right. Sure, but, sure. But just your voice, you can't. You, no. you can't. It's like your own little non-compete. Yeah. So if you don't know how your voice is being used, that's a big deal. Yeah, that is. On-camera actors kind of know this a little bit, right? But I think understanding how important and impactful it is for voice actors is pretty huge. Well, and I think the difference between, well, I could be wrong, but generally on-camera is, is a length of time if it's commercial work. You're not going to run the same commercial. It's rare that you run the same commercial year after year after year. I've got a yogurt commercial that's in year three. But you wouldn't know. It's global. But you wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I can't work for other yogurt companies right now. Right. Um, but that's, you know, come December of next year, I'm in again, right? So. Oh, yeah. I've certainly been on set um, over the years where... Uh... Well, I think it's been long enough, and I don't remember signing NDA, but I was on a bear aspirin commercial, <laughs> and we all realized that the actor, because we, because during the casting process, we were not told that there were any conflicts, and we were on an Advil commercial, and it just happened, and people were upset, and I'm like, hey, listen, <laughs> sounds like an agency problem, yeah. but yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so so AI's the same but it's not because you maybe you can't tell it's my voice. But I'm sure. I, I'm, yeah, I I get it. I I mean maybe. Hey Christian, why are locations always such a hassle in our jobs? I have a quick story for you, Lawrence, to, to explain why. Bring it on. I get all kinds of jobs, and sometimes there's celebrity interviews where the celeb may live in another market that isn't New York or L.A., mm. so I have to find a location yeah. near their home because it's just an interview. Nobody's paying for a scout for that stuff. So I use a lot of those marketplaces, but that can be a huge time suck. Oh, God. I do a lot of experiential, and I'm typically on way before I have a budget to bring on a scout. And I got to do a lot of pre-research on locations. Yeah, I've used those marketplaces too, but there's like a million steps between seeing a listing on one of those marketplaces, loving it, actually seeing it in person and then securing it. it, it it's just such a time suck. Yes. And I can speak from experience because that's where our friends from Avey come in. Yes, Avey is the first nationwide location scouting company. Not only do they have a marketplace where you can just, you know, look at options for yourself, they have a concierge service where they access a private network of locations all over the country. It saves you so much time and money, and it helps you find the right location for wherever you need to shoot. 
Exactly. So I just went on their site. I filled out a simple, quick form. I was paired with an amazing location producer. And then I received a curated report with multiple location options for my project. From there, they handled everything, including scheduling the walkthroughs, even on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m., to negotiating the location agreement. And I didn't need a permit, but they actually offer that service, too. And the most amazing thing about them is that there are no upfront costs. They only get paid if you book the location that they found, which is like so crazy. Save time, money, and your sanity by adding Avey to your producer's toolbox. Just visit Avey at Avey.com. That's A-V-V-A-Y.com. So how do you see the industry adapting or evolving? Well, I still think I'll go back to the acting part of it. I still think there's going to be people that just don't have the money or don't want to pay the money for the person's skill and their time and equipment and everything else that they've invested in, all the power to you. I don't want you anyway. You know, I, I want you to hire me because I, I bring something to the table, that I'm part of your team. I I, I add quality. I, I add value to you. If you want to hire me, I'm, I'm all in. But if you just want an AI voice, I'm not going to be able to stop the right. world. But right. Right. there are people out there, producers, and clients that are going, we absolutely will not hire an AI oh, voice. That's good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that's encouraging. Well, I mean, it happens to Lauren tonight too. Like we, all those sites also have uh, producers who are willing to do something. And so I always say to myself when I get asked to lower my rate, I always say, I can't give you less than you know. Like I can't give you eighty percent. You're always going to get a hundred, so I expect a hundred of my rate. But I'm happy to recommend a few folks who are less experienced might fit your budget because you know I understand that there's a place you know for things and learning and. But I'm not willing to bend on my um, you know like honing twenty five years of this skill. Well, here's another one for you. How has your involvement in AI and the ever changing world of technology influenced your approach? to voiceover now? Like, are you more cautious or do you just state your boundaries up front? <laughs> I thought I was cautious before. I know. Well, you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it, right? <laughs> right. Until you find out you don't know. Yeah, that's right. So I've noticed on online casting, there's a lot of um, text-to-speech auditions. Ooh, <laughs> and new talent. That's are- interesting. Yeah. And so some of them are are very low. They'll say, oh, I need a, you know, a Russian accent. Why it goes to my entry, I don't know. But, you know, text-to-speech, we only need 10,000 words and in this quality and, you know, in perpetuity. And it's like, whoa, guys. And you look and they've asked for 50 auditions and 56 people with the one yesterday had already auditioned. And you're going... Our community is a lot bigger than I think. You know, we have, I have a huge Mm. community, but it's only a drop in the bucket. And for somebody, this job specifically was $15,000. Now, if you can't pay your rent. Yeah, that's, that looks like, that looks like a great job for some people, right? Yeah. And it's in perpetuity for a reason. (laughs) Because they're not taking it down. And they're going to use the shit out of it. (laughs) Absolutely. But you have no idea for what. But they're still going to do it. So as long as there's people doing it, there's going to be AI voices out there. I ask questions when I see those. 
Can you talk about in perpetuity? Is there something that this could be negotiable? I mean, $15,000 is a lot of money uh, to a voice talent, unless it's a national commercial. You know, we're talking a, a quick. 10,000 words is not quick. Yeah. <clears throat> but we're talking about hours, you know, for fifteen grand versus working, you know, at a convenience store or something. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of money. There's going to be people that just need that money, and so they go for it. But I'm hoping by being on podcasts like this and others, and I'm, I'm a keynote speaker in a business uh, conference vocation that's coming up, and it's all based around AI. So I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that more and more people are listening, both sides of the glass. You know, pay attention. If somebody's out there gladly giving their voice away think twice before you hire them and i hate to be i hate to be that person that says don't hire someone that's just going out and making ai voices you got to cover your butt for um confidentiality and mm-hmm. uh, non-competes and all that thing and all i can do is hope that my little voice gets heard across the universe in some way that more and more people will just stop ai is scary there's a lot of scams going on why would you want to be part of that that I can, I, 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 yes, it is scary because they can turn you into anything, it seems. I mean, their Beatles are just putting out a new song. I don't know if anyone what? saw that or not. I heard something about this. With what? John's, yeah. Uh-huh. With they modeled his Mr. voice. Mr. Lennon's voice. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it, it is scary. And what you said earlier, you know, talking about doing political ads, like, oh, my goodness, if your voice is out there in some text-to-speech thing and it gets licensed by some production company that's doing political ads and all of a sudden you're voicing for in favor or against someone you like or dislike. oh my goodness that is right that's very terrifying and and that was part of the whole tiktok thing is that i i'm i'm pretty clean and pure and and do nice things in my voice industry i you, you don't hear me swearing a whole lot although in the last political ad oh. i beat out quite I'll swear. I'll swear um, for you. You can swear for me. <laughs> I will. But I mean, the whole point is that let me have a choice if I want to swear. Or not. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. If I want to say whatever, I will. Exactly. Um, and quite frequently. Right. Shit's my favorite word, to be honest, just to share that with the universe. But also, if you're working with certain brands that have certain, you know, profiles mm-hmm. or images and they hear you saying vulgar things. Morality clauses. Uh, yeah, those are, those are real. <laughs> yeah, they are. So I can no. see AI being beneficial in video games, perhaps. You know, like a, you could be small characters, but your characters, you're not, in my case, you're not this voice. Right. You're not, you know, the reason that TikTok voice was so recognizable was because it was just my voice. Yeah. It was, there was no affectation. There was no caricature. It was just my voice. And it was recognizable instantly to okay, almost everybody let's, that heard let's it. Talk, it's like, that's let's not talk good. about the beast. Let's talk about TikTok. <laughs> so I don't know how many of our listeners know the story. Um, if you haven't heard Be- heard Bev's story, uh, you did, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to sum it up here for everybody. You did what what's called, we've been talking about, a text-to-speech job where you record 10,000 words and that all goes into a computer and then, then that's how they develop these synthetic voices. And about uh, three years later, you did that job, job's done, Great. Three years later, you all of a sudden are told or someone tells you that they've heard your voice uh, as the speech to text voice on the TikTok app. And you listen to it. and You know, instantly it was from a job you did three years ago. Is that right? For a translation app. For a translation app. 
was supposed to be a translation app. That's what I was hired and, for. And and they in the contract there was no mention of the use for TikTok and and so in effect you didn't assign any rights to that type of usage. You didn't get paid for any additional usage and you weren't even notified about this new usage, right? Wow. It just showed up. And so... And it was very popular, I must yeah. say. <laughs> yes, I do remember. Everybody started using it. It was uh, streaming across YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere. Anybody that had the videos from TikTok were just sharing them everywhere. Awesome. And I was everywhere. And I was saying things that yeah, I wouldn't normally say. Right. Exactly. So you ended up suing ByteDance, which is the company that owns TikTok. Yeah. And yeah, they they settled, correct? Is that is that what happened? Yeah, they took my voice down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we settled. Amazing, fairly amicably, which surprised the heck out of me. But uh, and you know, part of me is sad because it was kind of cool being the voice of TikTok. Of course, yeah. You know, um, I know Alexa, I know Siri, I know you know, right. <laughs> and and they're really nice people, and it's cool <laughs> to. But, but it's and I know Jesse, who is the the TikTok voice now. Oh right, yeah. We've connected as well. You know, they're really nice people. But you want to use my voice, then you have to ask. You can't just use my voice. Right. I see that too. Like um, artists who are, say, on Instagram or TikTok, and they're putting their stuff out there. And then all of a sudden they see another company has just stolen their logo and they've done it. They've absolutely done it. And that's just, that's hard goods. When you don't physically have, when you have your voice, which is your own personal essence, essentially, um, having that spread around without your permission, it's got to be devastating. Well, the bottom line is this is a business. I'm a voice actor, and and what I love to do is audition and actually record spots and be behind the mic. But that's this much of, of, you know, a very small part of what I do. Um, I still run a business. I still do all the marketing, all that. I don't hire anybody. I still do it all myself. Um, I have, you know, accountants and bookkeepers and stuff like that. But I, I do the rest myself. And that takes time. And... I I need that's how I make my living. So I don't want my voice used somewhere else without my permission. And I think that's what a lot of producers and and crew members, the people that are listening to the show, it's important to know. It's like a you know, it's like a freelance videographer going out and shooting a wedding and then seeing that wedding being used in a in a Coke commercial or, you know, something like that. That is something that everybody needs to be everyone that's listening needs to be aware of and, and producers out there who are thinking they can, you know, once they have some sort of media or content, you can use it for anything. You know, that's not the case. I got to hand it to you, Bev. Going up against TikTok, to me, from this seat, seems pretty brave (laughs) and pretty exciting. And and good for you and congratulations and standing your ground and stating what you're worth and holding accountable somebody who's gotten gone against a a, a contract. How how did what was your experience through all that? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what? It was funny because um, my lawyer, Rob Siglin-Paglia, and Hi, I'm Rob. one of the few people that can actually say his name. Um, <laughs> you had him on speed dial, I um, imagine, right? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. He said to me before the suit went in, we talked in in-depth, and he, and he told me what to expect. He said, I suspect this is going to happen, and the media is going to pick it up right away, and, you know, you're going to be... A pretty big news, and it's going to be in the news, and it's it, it's going to be a big topic. So I put the brakes on for a few weeks, and I just 
thought about it and thought, I, I'm not somebody that wants to be in the limelight. I didn't want that to to define who Bev Standing was. Oh, yeah, she's. I want someone to say, hey, she did the Coke or Pepsi mm-hmm. spot. I don't want to be, oh, she's the one that sued somebody right. that just didn't come across as what I am. But the bottom line, and I come down to it, it's a business. You you aren't my client. Right. Right. Well, I, well, as an advocate for protecting other voice artists' rights, what advice would you give to them? I mean, to safeguard, you know? Somebody needs to start a business that can track everybody's voice. Oh my gosh. People oh, are posting left, right, and center going, oh, I just found myself. There was another Canadian talent that just posted. He found himself, I think, on, on eight different sites as an AI voice. Whoa. Or I, I probably got Holy that shit. information wrong, but it's been used like 400 times through this site. But what I will tell you, there are companies out there that are working with talent and fighting the fight with us and saying, we agree with you. We agree you should have a say in where your voice is being used. We agree you should license your voice, not buyouts and in perpetuity. We agree that should you decide to take your voice down, we will do so. We agree that if we sell our company, you will have the opportunity to have a contract with the new company or your voice won't go with the company. And there are companies out there that are talking to um, many people. And and if that can happen, then AI has a lot more potential to be good. Mm -hmm. And not just a tool to basically gain usage over somebody's entire life. When that happens, they've taken your ability to earn, to control, and to, you know, represent yourself. And a lot of companies just haven't sorted this out yet. And that's pay, remuneration for using an AI voice. The bottom line is I won't have to come into a studio and record. So take away my session fee, take away the the fees that go in um, that having a studio you know, entail. Um, The same as if I had to go into a studio, that costs money. Um, My time, whether it be an hour or more, take that out of the picture and pay what the commercial pay would be. Right. But split it with the company or portion it with the company that is holding your files and did the development of your voice. But you don't get to have my voice for pennies on the dollar. No. No. For a commercial. No. It's no. still a commercial, and you're still broadcasting it, and whether I record it here or you type it in. Right. <laughs> right. right. So I want to talk about that, because after the lawsuit, you went on to create your own synthetic voice, and this is now something <laughs> that people, some voice actors are doing, and you can license it for certain projects. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because that's coming in a big way, not only for voice actors, but for on-camera actors as well. So I want to hear, oh, wow. yeah, I want to hear your experience. Yeah, the and, and again, as long as you have control, as long as there is something in there that says, okay, um, you know, I say, okay, you can use my voice for this, for this length of time, whether it's on camera or just voice. I was approached by numerous companies because of who I was. Mm-hmm. That everybody wanted a piece of my voice, you know, and I was able to say, well, guess what? (laughs) Those files are mine and I can just give them to you and you can create the voice. I didn't have to do anything. 
Here's my audio files. This is the voice you're looking for. And here's all the files that sound like this, right? There I am, right? Here you go. And I didn't have to do anything. But the companies I was dealing with that I gave my files to were all in communication with, we're going to make this where you have control. You're going to get remuneration based on we're sorting that out. So right now, it's not available to anybody but me. Mm. I can make my voice. Nobody else can because we're just not in agreement. We're not there yet. Right. There are people that are doing it. There's people that are throwing their AI auditions up on online casting sites and saying, I don't have time. Um, I'll just, you know, I'll copy and paste it into my AI and going, poof, there you go. And if I get hired, I'll do the job. Interesting. That to me says if the clients are hiring you for your AI voice, those aren't the clients I want. Uh, that feels like it's taking the um, the authenticity and the emotion and the personalization out of it. Exactly. Like it, it's doing the thing that you're trying to avoid doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No I mean, just saying you can turn you can turn it. So I did a, I did an AI voice with with one uh, site that is actually pretty good. But it took me 10 minutes just to do four lines to to capitalize things and move a comma and add a comma oh, so right. that I get those natural, you know, putting in two A's <laughs> to try and extend the word. You know, all those little things that, well, that we do when we speak, that we repeat words, we you have to type that in. Right, right. Oh, you know, because wow. right. the natural voice does that. You know, when you do an audition... You've got six seconds to impress somebody and make them understand you have a connection to this script. I don't know how an AI voice is going to do that to make it that special. They're all going to sound the same. Well, that's kind of so. how I wanted to, to close this interview is take it back to the humanity of it all. And you as an actor, we talked about you as a business person and, and a career person and a coach and an advocate. What about you as an actor? How do you bring that authenticity and that human connection to these, what can sometimes be dry commercial copy scripts, you know, but it, there is a little bit of magic in there. And what, what, how do you bring Bev standing to, to those, those moments? Well, and, that, and that's it. I, I can, I can coach all I want, but I, I still bring me, I bring my authenticity. I bring my experiences. I bring, if I said to you, the rabbit died, you might be happy because the rabbit was eating all your vegetables. I might be very sad because an animal died, but I might be heartbroken because it was my pet. It's a silly example, but it just goes to show you that it's my personal emotion that's attached to those words. If you're talking about a cup, and they're talking about how a cup is made, and the end result of this cup, and how it sits there, and it's just glorious. And I kind of don't have anything to connect with that cup. That cup becomes something that means something to me. Right. And I, I, you know, like a teddy bear in my booth that, that has so much emotion inside it that was given to me as a child. My dad was an advertising executive for uh, Procter & Gamble, now P&G, yeah. and uh, he had the craft account. So I have a craft teddy bear. Uh, so that, that teddy bear brings joy and love. And, and if that teddy bear is sitting there instead of the cup, right? there's that emotion. There's that attachment. There's that connection. Nobody needs to know I've put a teddy bear where the cup is. Because when I speak to you, that cup is everything. Oof, gave me chills just now. 
<laughs> I know, holy shit. <laughs> but that's but that's what makes us authentic right. because not everybody has a craft teddy bear in their yeah. thing and, and somebody might really like cups. That's acting. So we have to voice actors and actors. Yes. You know, if you're if you're watching someone act, you guys know this, and they say walk over and get a cup, a poor actor will walk over and get a cup. A good actor might trip on the way, right, you right. know, yeah, or yeah, touch yeah. something else on the way or, you know, something to make it human. Yeah. Right. We have to do the same thing. We just have to find we have to act. So wow. acting AI has to mean something else. Acting invisibly. I don't know. <laughs> it has to be yes. artificial. Let's rebrand it. <laughs> I think so. Bev, thank you so much for spending a happy hour thank with you. us. We really appreciate your insight into this and and to, you know, have the legacy of the the woman who sued TikTok to stand your ground. It's pretty impressive. So cheers to you. You know, we're advocates of, yes. of protecting crews and, and especially cr- the creative aspects of this work. So people, the takeaways are read your contracts, understand your value, understand usage and terms. And producers out there, think about the quality of work you're putting out. Yeah. And exactly what you're asking somebody to do or sign away. Yeah. It's their livelihood, especially when it comes. Mm-hmm. Exactly, like um, don't get uh, don't get upset that there's pushback against in perpetuity. You shouldn't you be, should asking. be asking. <laughs> yeah, and and, and yeah. thank you for for the YouTube for for putting this together and all that you do when you when you talk about the industry and how to protect people and how to educate people because that's how it's going to happen. Right. Exactly. No one's going to read exactly. the book. They're going to listen. Yeah, so. inserting some humanity, right? Yeah, let's so. be real. <laughs> That's kind of where we were going with it, and then AI popped up. Let's right, just be right. real. Bev, how do people get a hold of you if they need your voice for their, your human voice for their human project? Oh, really easy. Bev at BevStanding.com, website BevStanding.com, Insta BevStanding, <laughs> YouTube BevStanding, TikTok you're, and you're on BevStanding. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I must share with you, um, if you have a minute, the new TikTok voice did a duet and said, anybody mm-hmm. who thinks that they can make a good text-to-speech voice, um, do it alongside of me. Share it with your thing. So oh. I did. And <laughs> oh, I bet that's fun. Oh, my God. It is. So find me on TikTok yeah. at Best Standing oh, yeah. and have S- a listen. Send that it's, to me. Uh, I think you were at 15,000 views by now, so I'll send you the link. Send it to me. We'll put it, we'll put it oh, in nice. the episode guide. If you guys don't have the episode guide, get it on that's our website, producershappyhour.com. Christian, how do people get a hold if they need you to produce their human content? <laughs> Only humans, please. Um, SisterChristianProduces.com. And Lawrence, if they want you, how do they get you? LawrenceTLewis.com for producing and for voiceover. I do that as well. Uh, VoiceOfLawrence.com. Thank you all. Thank you. Producers Happy Hour is brought to you with the help of the handsome Christopher Daniels, who is a design and branding specialist, and Brendan Russell at podlad.com, who is our fabulous editor. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to dive deeper, subscribe to our listeners' newsletter. Simply go to producershappyhour.com to sign up. Thanks for listening, and remember, enjoy happy hour while you can. Because making shit is hard. <laughs>